en Colombia. Cuidado. Atención que arranca Miguel Ángel Superman López. Arrueda viene Dani Martínez. Arrueda viene Rigonator. El toro de Urrao se paró Superman y arrancó. Se paró Superman y arrancó. Responde Dani Martínez. Responde Rigo Berturán. También Nairo Quintana. Qué bárbaro cómo va este chico. Sale Nairo. Sale Nairo Man. Nairo Man. Nairo Man. No es un ciclista, es Nairo Man y se va. Ataca Superman López. Ataca Superman López. Ataca Superman López. Well, good evening and welcome to the 75th episode of the Yayi Ride podcast. This is the Bodie Bodie. Hey there, Bodie. This is the T-Bone. And this is El Caballero Inglés, Sergio. We were just played in by two emphatic Colombian announcers, very excited about their home race, Tour Colombia 2.1. Yeah. Which we're going to get into in a little bit. But if you haven't watched any of that race, pause the podcast, go watch the end of stage six. And the end of stage seven. Stage five and six. Five and six, thank you for the correction. Yep. And come back to us, because you're going to want to see it before we get into some super hot and super spicy takes. Yeah. I am still way excited about this race, and I've had 24 hours to let it wear off, and it's just it's just not going anywhere. That race mm. was just bonkers. Maybe one of the best races I've ever seen. Well, and more of that later. <laughs> Well, so, I mean, what did you do this weekend, uh, guys, besides watching Tour of Columbia 2.1? Well, this weekend, as you guys know, uh, was my birthday on Saturday. And, That's uh, right. We... Happy birthday, old man. Thanks, yeah. And, uh, well, at least one of you guys showed up for my birthday ride. Thanks, Bodie. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, Matt, I'll give you a pass because I know you were uh, hurting, apparently. Yep. Fellow old. Mm. Yeah, also, also an old man. Younger than I am, but... Uh, yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, I was suffering, but uh, I did get to ride a little bit on Sunday uh, on my own, though. I couldn't, I couldn't do the epic ride that you guys went on. That seemed a little too much for uh, my uh, injury state at the moment. It probably would have been. It was a pretty fun slash death march at the end, but mm. that's how those ride goes. Um, but on Saturday, it was a club ride. It was your birthday, Townsend. We had a small group that went out to the Irish Bayou. And my birthday gift to you, because A, I'm thoughtful, and B, I'm cheap, was to initiate a rotating pace line. Uh, mm. Bodie, it was, it was poetry in motion. <laughs> it really was beautiful. Uh, thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, and thank you to the four other folks that were out there, six of us. And uh, yeah, we just... We made it happen. We made music on the way back, didn't we? It was a lot of fun. Uh, it's nice to get in. Sometimes it's nicer to have a smaller group where you can, you know, do something like a rotating pace line, which often we don't do for various reasons. And, uh, you know, it makes kind of keeps your skills sharp and uh, also is a very efficient way to cover a lot of miles. Um, I was also pretty stoked about that ride because it, we ended right when Pizza Delicious opened. So Emily and I went straight to Pizza D. Mm. We were second in line and got a couple of beers and a couple slices of pizza. And it was a perfect ending to a uh, Saturday club ride. Nice. Yeah, no, it was great. Nice weather. And uh, then beautiful weather on Sunday for our aforementioned epic ride, which was uh, road, gravel, and dirt all in one ride. 
Yeah, I think that everybody who rode on Sunday got a sunburn. Yeah, lots of pictures on social media, Strava and and other social medias mm. with uh, people with the with the sunburn oh, yep. line. Oh, even Sutirio has one. Well, I did forty five miles in the sun on uh, yesterday, so yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so that was on my tan lines. Yeah, it was a remarkably remarkably warm and uh, sunny day after a string of not warm and sunny days down here for a while and. No one seemed to, to apply the uh, sunblock yesterday, did they? Yeah, sometimes you forget that you're actually out there for five hours um, in the sun. Even when it's overcast, you can still get burnt. Um, but we uh, we revisited some an old gravel friend, something I haven't been on in a few years. Um, I think a few people have been riding it since we've done it a lot in the past. But we uh, took the old gravel, the levee gravel path um, that goes from the airport that parallels Airline Highway uh, out to the spillway. And it was in top-notch shape, wouldn't you say, Townsend? No, it was really, really great. Uh, yeah, nice and nice and firm and compact. And uh, yeah, no, that was. Uh, it's it's uh, what about? I think we measured. It. It's exactly about nine, nine and a half miles. miles nine yeah. miles of gravel from the from the backside of the airport out to the uh, spillway at Norco, where the mountain bike trails happen to be. And yesterday there was a time trial event out at the mountain bike trails, and we. Um, decided that we would ride our cross bikes out there and jump in on the on the time trial in our mountain bikes uh, on our cross bikes. And I don't know, Bodie, what'd you think about it? I mean, I had fun. It's it's a it's a fun trail to go. It, it's it's that trail where it's good enough. I mean, it's 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 at the level where you can ride on a cross bike. Mm-hmm. And man, I always forget it's such good cyclocross training to be out there on skinny relative skinny tires. And there are good sections of roots. I mean, I actually yeah. went over my handlebars because I crashed into too many roots. Um, but the whole the whole way of riding where you're really like trying to unweight your tires so you don't pitch flat, like man, it engages your core. Hmm. I'm like super. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, you said you said something there that I didn't quite understand. <laughs> what was that he said, Townsend? I think he was talking about something that happens Set when you. you run tubes in your tires. Set oh. you right up. Yeah. No, no flats. For me, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the trail is actually in perfect condition right now. I think maybe you call it hero dirt, maybe? Is that the phrase? Uh, they had a little rain on Wednesday, and it was perfect. Yeah, Pack, packed you're, it down nicely. You're looking at me like you've never heard the phrase hero dirt. I, I haven't, but uh, I'm not saying Thought it's not a phrase. you were a mountain biker. I'm not saying um, it's not I a phrase. I have to quiz you on mountain bike terminology. Yeah, sort of <laughs> packed down, but not dusty at all. Yeah. Not yeah. sloppy. But just perfect, just sort We're, of, you know. A lot of grip. Um, and uh, also very green out there, very verdant. So you had a mm. nice brow-pow line through the green uh, fauna. Yeah, a little spring or bloom, early mm. early spring bloom on the sides of the trail with a nice dirt ribbon running through it. And Beautiful I re- stuff. I almost stopped Townsend so that I could take a photo of you riding the trail Cause, but but we were in a time trial competition, and the 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 pull of of a, of a race was was too much to keep me from taking a photo. Well, and it's a good thing you didn't stop, Bodie, because at the end of the day, in fact, you you won. I did, uh, but you only beat me by four seconds. Yeah. So wow. uh, hats yeah. off, really, to both of us, honestly, for <laughs> yeah. Doing and, that well, and Emily uh, rounded out the podium. Came in third, yeah. Emily yeah. rounded out the podium a few minutes back and uh, beat the other two guys that we rode out there with. But, but good on Eric and Keith because they weren't planning on doing a mountain bike time trial on the cross bike. But once mm. they got there, 
They threw down some cash in support of Namambo, our local mountain bike club, and uh, jumped in on the TT. So great yeah. and spread and the love. Thanks, guys, for doing that. Eric uh, Heil for putting that on, and thanks everybody who had such nice comments on uh, social media about welcoming well welcoming us out there and talking about how cool it was that we did that ride. Yeah, yeah, was, those guys were, were super super uh, hospitable and and had nice things to say about our uh, showing up out there. So thanks, awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just, you know, you know, I titled my ride on Strava, and in towns you probably didn't see this because we, we've now learned that you don't actually know that you can go to Strava as a social media thing. Like You, you can actually see other people's rides that yeah. they've done on Strava, and sometimes you can see the pictures they've posted and <laughs> comments they've made, and you can check out how much power they've put out and things like that. Yeah, uh, you know, you guys can't see this uh, over the airwaves, but literally, if you could, you could see my mind is blowing right now. Um, mind blown, guys. I had no idea. I uh, I thought it was all just about kind of keeping track of your rides and looking at your numbers and seeing how many miles you ride every week. But uh, yeah, I've discovered all sorts of things, pictures and uh, comments, and kudos. Yeah, I mean, all the all the serious training stuff's on Training Peaks, bro. Yeah. Um, but anyway, I I, I was just thinking about reflecting on these last two weekends and uh just been a lot of fun and 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 i've been i have been training i've actually wrapped my first uh six weeks of my training block and, and no one cares about that but the idea of trying to find that nice balance between getting in your intervals and gaining fitness so you can go achieve your goals and my goals is racing at tulsa tough but also having a good time um enjoying yourself mm-hmm varying up the routes um and keeping things fresh we like i said before we're, we're limited in in the places to ride in new orleans but i think there's enough stuff that you can sort of like you know throw it in throw different things in the mix and, and still have a good time and so that was a perfect ride where we did that you know it featured a triangle sandwich from a gas station which is always like a clutch move for me <laughs> and a squirtle of mayo mustard on that ah oh, so good so is that one of those sandwiches that has like a sell-by date of like six weeks from now <laughs> Yeah, Brian. It's like I, I never so, understand how a sandwich can last that long. I I was so hungry, I just ripped that plastic off and smashed it in my mouth, and just like squirted the mayo and mustard in my mouth. Mm. You know, like a Belgian gel shot, like right a Belgian there. gel shot. Yeah. Um, so anyway, just awesome weekend. Woke up today exhausted, sunburnt, but very stoked on bikes. Very stoked on racing, going fast. Stoked on the community. A lot of fun stuff happening in Lambra. Um, but we'll get to that later and let's get on to one of the, I think hopefully the last weekends of cyclocross. I think this is, this was the penultimate weekend of cross. There are two more races, I think next weekend but they're not series races all those series are done with now yeah so we had dave ave is done super prestige was done this weekend and uh brico cross was done this weekend so that's it all the big series are, are over with i think the good thing about cross is they don't have any of those silly joke races like road does right there is no Shanghai cyclocross. Yeah, the Saitama criterium of <laughs> cyclocross. There is, there's one oh, race idea, guys. I think Tom, <laughs> you know, Tom Bonin used to do one. There used to be a, like an invitational uh, cross race yes, that Bonin the, used to do. There was the birthday race or something, yeah, where Marshall yeah. Kittle was ra- like racing in tennis shoes. 
Yeah, um, so I think they did have a little fun thing. The other thing they do have is they have a bunny hop competition that Tom Mewson usually would win at, that's uh, at the end of the cross season. Well, wait, now, Matt, in the race this weekend, they were racing through like a putt-putt-looking windmill, weren't it they? It did look like it was crazy golf. Yeah. yeah, it was a giant crazy golf course uh, on the Sunday race. Yeah. So, I mean, that that's coming close to what we're talking about. Yeah, but... But uh, that was an actual race. That was an actual race, and, yes. And you know who won because you watched it. Um, I didn't. So. I did. I watched. Uh, I watched both races this weekend. Um, Sanacant on the the Saturday race was the last Super Prestige, and uh, Sanacant and MVDP both won that race. It wasn't as like exciting or memorable a race as the Sunday race, so. Uh, so the big news, I guess, from that race was MVDP has now equaled Sven's perfect Super Prestige season. He, he swept. Won. He swept the series. Swept the entire series. Yeah, and then uh, so you know that was. Uh, I guess they they pay out pretty big these um, these these series, don't they? Um, so you know, big wins for him, and I think Santa won as well i'm not sure Bodie's gonna look yep, going up. she she won i saw a photo where she was like exhaling in joy she won it um actually she's won the last six of them mm. and the only other person to win the super prestige series yes fellow countryman katie compton of mine yes helen wyman nope nikki bramier yeah Wow. Nikki Bramier won the first Super C series for women in the 2011-2012 series season. Hmm. Um, wow. So you said, as you said, so uh, Matthew Vanderpaul matched Nye's record of winning every one of them. Yep. Nye's has won seven Super Prestige series overalls, wow. dating back from 2005. Uh, Matthew Vanderpaul, this is his fourth. Yeah, and he's still only 24. Wout won one, Niels won one, Zen- Zendek Stebar won one. Zdenek. Zdenek. Mm-hmm. So Sven went for a period. Sven won almost all seven of his in a row with Zdenek in the middle, kind of interrupting it. So yeah. if you you know want to have that conversation about who is the best cross racer ever, and if you've had if you had Nyes up there, uh, obviously MVDP is you know kind of elbowing him, moving off. up there. Yeah, he's definitely on the Rushmore of top cross racers ever, men. Um, well, he's now got equal on world championships with Sven, who's yep. only got two. So they both have two each. I mean, Doesn't have as two. many as Wout. Not as many as Wout. Uh, Sven, of course, won 50 World Cups, which is um, which is pretty big. Uh, I don't think... Uh, well, MVP has won 30 races this year. 32. So he won like six World Cups. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... MVDP is tied sauna as well. If we mm-hmm. bringing the women into the occasion. Um, anyway, so I think I think that's that argument will play out over the years, and I think in a couple of years we'll probably have an obvious answer. Um, I think some of the biggest news from this weekend are. Well, can we do, oh, if we're oh. talking about still about those races? Can we talk about the Sunday race? Yeah, yeah, before sure. Before we sure. get on to the big news, yeah, uh, because the Sunday race, as you as. You mentioned Townsend was like a putt putt course. It went through a windmill. I mean, what? That, so this was this was a Brico cross. This was the Brico cross okay. Hulst, and I guess Hulst is in Zealand, which is uh, not to be confused with New Zealand. Yeah, uh, but Zealand, which obviously means land 
of the sea, basically land that's reclaimed from the sea. So I'm guessing it's on, it's got windmills. It must be on the Dutch coast there that's reclaimed land. And this city or this town of Hulst was beautiful. Um, I guess it's one of these one like fortified towns. And so it has these big, like 45 degree levees in sort yeah. of a, a, with a moat around. And so it was all based around there. So there was all lots of up and down on these steep angles and some off camber and everything. And then, yeah, it went through through a windmill. Um, and uh, it was a great course, like a really exciting course. It was hot or warm, certainly for them. I mean, people were in short, yeah, short sleeve, non-thermals. Yep. Uh, on Saturday's race, Tom Pitcock obviously didn't have a short sleeve skin suit. And he was obviously pretty hot he was he was going full Karienka on his he was unzipped all the way uh but so a warm weekend but awesome course like very fast very fast but with technical lots of ups and downs and stuff and just great racing both races were really really good uh, I would like to find a windmill locally to try to ride through and make that part of a cyclocross course. Yeah. Anybody got any windmills out there? Uh, let us know. Maybe just a barn door open yeah. and on two ends we could ride through. That would be great to have a building to go through on uh, on a cross race. You know what? This reminds me. I think I did actually watch the Saturday's race Saturday night before going to bed, and it was so warm that Denise Betsima had her jersey all or her skin suit all the way unzipped mm. and her base layer said something like do rad shit <laughs> <laughs> which i thought was pretty cool well and, and also we saw people with bottles on their bikes you know it was like cross vegas or something there was uh, august crossed is coming anna reverse both days had had a bottle and uh MVDP had a bottle, and so did Tom Pitcock on the on the Sunday race as well. Signaling that it is well and truly time for cross season to end. It's definitely it's definitely time, and I think we're like reaching the we're definitely reaching the uh, the, the the dregs. Of, um, not so, I mean you know Wout's obviously already moved on. He's going to be he's going he's getting ready for road. MVDP's not doing next weekend, but yeah, Wout both, did a thirty hour week. Yeah, both both of the um, races. What was really interesting to me, so worst one on Sunday, um, and oh, sorry, no, uh, sorry, Betsima won on Sunday. Uh, worst was leading for quite a while. Betsima overtook her, um, and then third on the podium was the new U twenty three world champion Inga, Inga van der Heiden. Uh, great race with her from her, and obviously great things to come. Worst former world champion under 23 world champion to you know the former under 23 world champion the current under 23 world champion up there at the top so you know lots of great young riders coming up uh anna Kay was 10th in the race a good race for her and then the men's race tom pitcock from the start was like got the whole shot and really was sticking it to everybody for a while mvdp came up to him and they were going for a good 20 minutes. The two of them were there together. And I th it kind of looked like MVDP was actually have, enjoying having somebody to ride with for a while. Um, and Pidcock beat him? No. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I, I thought that was the punchline. You no, said, you Pidcock, said Pidcock from the wire. From the wire was like off like a shot. He got the whole shot and he was off the front. Well, don't count who's fast at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. 
All right, uh, Jedi Master Yoda. Uh, but, but he had a great race. Uh, he ended up getting passed finally by Lars van der Haar, finished third. So he was on the po- his first elite podium uh, there. So I think there's great things to come. Shock that was his first elite podium. Well, guys, speaking of the sun setting on the cyclocross season, we have a couple big retirements uh, mm. from amongst the ranks of some of the best cyclocross racers ever uh, to are retiring. Uh, Helen Wyman and uh, K-Pow are both uh, retiring after this season. The big big news probably being uh, Helen Wyman. That was just announced today. Um, Bodie, you kind of broke it on our, our, our you know, uh, message board, so... Uh, Talk about yeah, it. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, Cape Howe announced his retirement earlier, and we kind of missed that, so we threw it in here. But uh, Helen Wine was the, was the big news of the day, and, um, you know, surprising for me because I thought when she signed with the new Expurza Foot Logic that I had just maybe assumed that she was at the end of her career, and then I heard then she signed with that new team, and I thought, yeah. okay, well, she's going to, you know, continue on and, and, and maybe, like, fade out a bit but be a mentor and and, and that seemed like a great thing and, and she sort of said as much in her announcement about joining that team was that she was going obviously to race and she didn't say anything about retiring you know a month and a half ago when she made the announcement yeah but she did say that she was going in a, in a mentor role as well and clearly we now see that the mentor role is the is the main role that she's gonna i suppose serve for that team yeah and so i just you know i want to look up some of her stats because when i first started paying attention to cross getting to cross you know helen wyman was a big part of it she was a fixture of the sport she was up there on podiums winning races uh, very outspoken you know always trying to move forward uh, equity in sport um 16 year career long time uh, around 70 victories i believe um she podium at worlds in 2014 mm-hmm. 10 time british national champion uh, yep. over those 16 years her and- and and wore the, the the British stripes all of this season. I mean, she lost the yeah. the race at the end of this season, but was in the was yep. in the the I guess the what do you call it the red, white, and blue? What do you call it? Yeah, that? the red, yeah. white, and blue. She was in the red, white, and blue all season this year. So uh, yeah, she won her first in two thousand six, and and won, and won her last in, in twenty eighteen. Uh, speaking of streaks, she had seven in a row. Yeah, um, you know, just I don't know. I, I I've also I posted on the yeah you're on Instagram that I was felt extremely honored that I was able to take photos of her for her work with her um, on her last races in the States uh, yeah. at the, the jingle cross uh, series of races and got one of her last victories. And so I, I don't know, I'm, I'm that's to me, it's like a, almost like a piece of like cyclocross memorabilia, memorabilia that I get to hold on to. Yeah. Look, Bodie, let me say this, you know, in all seriousness, you posted a, a little bit of a sort of a photo montage, a photo tribute to her this morning. Um, and um, I would encourage anybody that's listening to this to go check out your Instagram and check out that post. It was uh, some really great photos that, yeah. that you took of her. Great shots. And uh, everybody should should check those out. Yeah, I tried. I, well, I you know I'm a storyteller, so I thought I kind of tried to hit the hit the points that I thought were uh, important in in her career. Um, and one of those is is actually what she's done for girls, junior girls, and you know she started the Helen's 100, which is sort of paying for a lots of junior girls to race at British nationals. She essentially through that sponsored a junior UCI race at one of the Dave Bay races. Mm-hmm. You know, she's pushed for, uh, 
equity in sort of time, longer races, equal payout. Well, and then look what happens and that's the year she retires yeah. uh, next year in the World Cup. The women's races are going to be 50 minutes. And there'll be a junior women's race. That's right. Yeah. So, so that, the you know, the she's making it happen, made it happen. So, yeah, pretty just really awesome. You know, great career. Just like I said, happy to be a very, very tiny, tiny period point, you know, just a, to be to able to meet her and meet her partner staff and just and you just watching them work at a race, just watching pros and how they dissect courses was was truly an honor and, and, and really inspirational. And I'm excited to see. I imagine she'll probably stay on with Experza Foot Logic. It seems like even in her announcement that it seems like she's going to continue doing the things she's been doing. And so I could see her being on as a coach or I don't even know, you know, what kind of role it is. But like you said, that team has a bunch of young British talent. So mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense. Uh, excited. And uh, best of luck, Helen, and what you do next. And uh, hopefully you'll have more time to hang out with Alonzo, your puppy. And yeah, we, we just wanted to talk about this because we, we missed it last week. Um, Kevin Powell's is retiring. Yeah. Who I would argue is Cyclocross's sixth man. Absolutely. Is that a metaphor that translates to you guys? The sixth man? I don't know. It's a basketball reference. Man. Oh, God. Five, yeah. five players on the floor, and like the sixth man was kind of the guy who subs in and out. He's never the, never like, the star. But like George Martin, the fifth Beatle. Uh, yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh, maybe the yeah, answer is better, better for you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. I don't know. What do you have in soccer? Do you have a... Well, a super sub. You would have a super sub that comes yeah, on in the I second mean, half, yeah. And, and my point in that is that he, he never won the world championship. Uh, he won, well, he won junior and under 23. He won junior, I believe, is the only one he won. I think he won under 23 as well. He, uh, he won the World Cup overall twice, was on the podium. He finished third at Worlds five times, I believe. Mm. You know, always kind of up there. And it, definitely the nearly man, yeah. Nearly man. There yeah. was that point. There was Kevin's place. Yeah, fourth place. He finished fourth pretty much so, pretty much like two years in a row. He was fourth <clears throat> place in almost every race. I think, mm-hmm. I think there's an art. I mean, I think other podcast I heard, they said Kevin's place was third. Well, originally it was, I think, it wasn't was it? third. And I think then it moved to fourth. And then I think yeah. Kevin actually became seventh. Mm. And then. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, this season it certainly was like seventh to 11th kind of thing. But you know what? He won a race this year. Yesterday, he finished fifth. Yeah. And guess what? Kevin Powell's younger than me. (laughs) (laughs) I Well, you've retired from professional cyclocross as well, though, Bo, so that makes perfect sense. (laughs) I mean, Kevin... You just didn't quite have the Palmaris that uh, he did, right? 34 years old. 34. I mean, Kevin, is he's, he's not an outspoken guy. He's very... He's, you know... I don't know him, never met him, but in his on on... See him at races, see him in post-race interviews, very, you know, uh, quiet and... Uh, yes, very soft-spoken, very Soft-spoken. Quiet. We always made a joke that he was an accountant, um, <laughs> that he was probably like 45, you know, drove, drove a Chrysler little baron, you know, very reasonable. <laughs> um, um, <laughs> turns out, turns out he's 34. Uh, love it. I, it's I, great. I, I think he does play the saxophone, though. I, okay. I'm just hoping he does. Like, just, he plays the sax at home. Yeah. But anyway, that that's my tribute to K-Pow. 
Um, well, but we also call him Smooth Jazz because he was such a smooth rider as well. He was a great rider. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and you're right. You're and right. effortless. He's smooth yeah. and effortless. He never looked like he was he never looked like he was struggling. He always looked like he was uh, just in in his zone. Did, did uh, he until Wout and MVDP came along? Yeah. yeah, I mean, so he's a rider who maybe had a not. He sort of bridged the knees to MVDP Wout generation and yeah. kind of suffered the ills of both of those. Right, like if he if if they weren't there, maybe he would have won a couple world championships. Maybe he would have had he uh, a Belgian national championship, but. Well, and the other th- and the interesting thing is, I mean, he um, he's kind of the elder statesman of of the genera of the older kind of generation of cross out there right now, isn't he? I mean, is it, there's nobody really from the B- Belgian and Dutch yeah. riders that's older they've than all, him. They, I mean, at this point, is Tom Eusen the the eldest guy? Very possibly, yeah. It could be it could be Tom Eusen or uh, Yanni. Vermeer, sure. Vermeer, I think we'd we'd see Bozeman maybe uh, getting up there in years and and and, and uh, getting up there in years as in like mid to late twenties. Yeah, and the um, young guys are so fast that I mean I think cross has changed, hasn't it? It's become so much faster than it was uh, in the last years, and and all the technical skills of 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 it are just just you know I think it's gone through one of those kind of exponential improvements over the last couple of years of just the skill levels you know my, my thought is not everybody can be world champion mm-hmm. not everyone can be the greatest or even the second greatest yeah but there's guys like kpal mm-hmm. that race cross that have a career that anyone anyone literally yeah. anyone should be proud of yeah absolutely uh, and he's a he's a he's a winner and he's uh, he's an awesome bike racer he was all he's was always my uh dark horse pick for worlds for a couple of years yeah um so and and as i mean and he was the dark horse for many years really yeah uh great great rider i mean it's like in cross you don't have domestiques do you or even like you know super domestiques and if he were on a race team he would probably be a super you know on a road team he would be like a super domestique in that sense i mean he's a guy who could win races um but was never the very best of the best of the best but just a great rider to watch um you know great great racer well, speaking of great riders and great races to watch, guys, let's let's move on to Pro Road. Guys, road road season. Um, big race tour. Tour Colombia. Make sure you get that right, guys. It's Tour Colombia. Colombia. No day. No of. Mm. No lay Tour Colombia. <laughs> Tour Colombia 2.1. 2.1 is in the name. Yeah. What does that mean, Townsend? Dos punto uno. Uh, this is a UCI ranking, uh, race ranking, correct? Yeah. It means it's not a pro tour race. World but tour? It is, well, yeah. excuse me. It's oh. not a world tour race, but it is just below i believe so <laughs> i believe that's what 2.1 we were means. just in the, we were discussing this before the podcast trying we to don't figure know. out 
and we don't quite remember what the numbers in which order mean which. Uh, someone a, should have sent a message to our friend Thomas Gibbons to get an answer. Well, but. let me let me just say this: if this race is like the undercard, um, you know, the big boys better watch out because this was some shit. This was a yeah. killer killer race i only watched the last three stages of it Mm -hmm. uh but my god what an exciting event um i mean where do you even start with it um well who won overall yeah uh superman lopez (laughs) (laughs) yeah and he's colombian correct he is yes yes i think the top i think the top 800 riders in this race (laughs) were colombian and and you said something about i mean I kind of maybe forgot or didn't like didn't realize. I mean, there's a lot of great Colombian riders. All they just all of a sudden, this is, a, is this third wave Colombian riders? Uh, kind of because we yeah, post I mean, third wave. Well, the first wave I guess was in the 80s, yeah. right? And then the second wave was probably guys like Uran, yeah, was one of the early ones, you know, that came through. And then you started to get Quintana and stuff, and. That, I mean, we're almost in a fourth wave now because right. you have the Bernals and the Sosas and the... Sosa's a guy who I didn't even hear about until Mar- this year. So. Yeah. And he finished second overall. And uh, Danny Martinez. Danny Martinez, who was a big animator in the race. Uh, yeah, he yeah. Actually, uh, yeah, I mean... So, okay, so, wow. The future is bright for Colombians and... Townsend, did you say something about? Well, I, I was saying, our, our, yeah, you know, this is just a point of discussion, and then the discussion we can certainly have. We sort of started it already, which is, you know, it is is Colombia, the country of Colombia, to road cycling what uh, Belgium and the Netherlands are to cyclocross. I mean, is it is it now the, you know, the real hotbed of road cycling talent? I would say maybe to climbers in like grand in stage races, yeah. Yeah, except for two of the best sprinters in the world right now are, right. are Gaviria and Hodge, uh, who are both Colombians. That's right, so Hodge. Hodeg or Hodge. You know, do you He's know a Scottish story? Colombian. Yeah, no, he is. <laughs> he is. Oh, I know. Yeah, no, I know. I listen they just, to this like his, his they, they yeah. his When his father emigrated there, they spelt the last name wrong as Hodeg. Uh, but his last name is Hodge. Yeah, oh, so it's pronounced Hodge. It's pronounced Hodge, but it looks like Hodeg. Yeah, like Hodor. Hodor, which means <laughs> hold the fucking door open because my sprinter's coming through. Wow, well, that was a freaking good reference. Look, I mean, I, I, I guess that you know the the pool, the samples, the sampling size of of you know whether Colombia is truly you know the hotbed of road cycling was a bit skewed in this race because it it was a Colombian race <laughs> and there were a lot of Colombian racers in this race. Yeah, I mean but, like all the all the all the the continental pro teams or whatever or Conti teams. I mean those most of those are all hmm. Colombian teams or Yeah, or there's the, you know, South Ma- American teams, I'm Manzana, sure. Manzana, Postaban and, and and then there were even like lower level Colombian right. teams. But I mean guys, there. let's not forget we had Chris Froome and Nairo Quintana in this race. Yeah. So these guys were not beating the three of us, right? Yeah. They were yeah. beating yeah. L- legit racers. So these no. guys are... these. Guys Uran are sh- was there. I mean, Uran was leading. He was taking care of Martinez. He yeah, was he was he was super shepherding. domestique yeah. for, for Martinez. Well, and Froome was obviously super domestique yeah. or domestique for uh, Bernal and Sosa. He crashed on, I think, the last day. I'm not sure exactly what happened there. He, but he, he was, did crash, yeah. The thing I didn't understand... 
from from what was going on with the stage was Sky was pulling the Peloton, but they had a man up the road. I was going to message you and ask you that, Matt. What, what they, was going on? I what had, were they doing? And they weren't just sitting on the front blocking. They were drilling no, they, it. They were drilling it. And who was in the break? Sosa was in the break. Sosa was in the break. And well, how Sosa far back on GC was he? Uh, not very, because he, he finished, he finished second, second overall. Yeah. Finished four seconds down in GC. Yeah. And they, they basically pulled Lopez back up to the front of the race. I didn't understand that at all. It because was, it was Sosa, who who was basically in a GC fight with, with Superman Lopez, and Martinez that were in that break, right? Yeah. And it, but, uh, you know, I, I don't want to say this as any detriment to it, because it what made... It, it was... And and I think I think we're talking K- about a state in a stage six, which was a freaking shootout. Yeah, and it also was a chaotic race where the fans were. Oh, it was nuts, bonkers. Well, I mean, it was like Alp Duez. If Alp Duez had like a like a, a bunch of gymnasts like vaulting from one side of the <laughs> from one side of the uh, and many road of- to the other side of the road, and then like wearing costumes and yeah, a lot of Superman capes. Yeah. Uh, Did you see Elmo and the Cookie Monster? There was Elmo out and there? the Cookie Monster. Yeah, I think Tony was, Montana with well, a, with a mirror and a couple was lines there. of cocaine I was wondering on wondering If that was him in the Cookie Monster oh, outfit. Oh my gosh! But actually, he actually lost his GoPro. It got knocked out of his hand at, at some point. He was on the roadside. But there was the thing that was crazy to me was that so there it wasn't. There didn't seem to be any real actual tactics going on at all. No. In the sense that it was like watching a bunch of Cat 4s that have the highest VO2 maxes in the world. (laughs) All just like knocking bags of shit out of each other. It was astonishing. Well, okay. so All all the while trying to stay out of the way of these rabid fans that were literally running from one side of the road to the other right in front of racers. Until they didn't and and they knocked... Was it Sosa or Bernal off I his bike? I think Bernal and Quintana. Bernal and Quintana got crashed out, and then Sosa dropped back to 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 wait for Bernal, which gave you know Lopez. You know that. I was, mean, but that but they almost so it was Lopez. No, it was Lopez and Sosa who came to almost a track tra- stand. Yeah, it was a track stand, and then on they, the climb, and that let Nairo come back to them. He came back, but then he couldn't do anything, and or then he like attacked he? again. And what? It was like, what the shit? Well, at that point, at that point, the, the race for GC overall was just between Sosa and Lopez. So they were marking each other, and, and they just essentially let Quintana go. But you were right. I mean, they were, they were at one point, they were stopped. They were track standing, looking at each other on, 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 that, on, climb. on that climb. But I think Quintana kind of rope-a-doped them a little bit and kind of just like feigned being worn out after like coming back to them and everything because he mm. sat at the back then and then he made a fearsome attack and nobody could go with him. But well, yeah, I mean, Bodie, you, we've sort of just glossed over it. At one point, there was a, a fan that literally got pushed into the middle of the... the I mean, you were, just were, wait, you were just waiting for it to happen. Yeah, oh, I mean, I was you, when you're watching, it you're like, it was inevitable. How, how, is, how are these fans in, not crashing in anybody this, out? They I mean, were like, so unruly, so it's a, crazy. It's... Yeah, that's come on. That's that's a little trash. too much. That's yeah. trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The energy and the excitement and the amount of people. Like I thought it was a circuit race. It wasn't a circuit race, was it? No. They were just lining the roads forever. That no. was panache. But the fact that they're just like not. I just 
running right next to them at full speed it's like why would you do that to these awesome athletes i don't know it's just yeah. did you guys see the end of Oof. the stage before that the end yes. of stage five where ala philippe came back with the group ala philippe came back with the group and then it's a, basically a sort of a, a bunch sprint sort of climbers finish but everybody was was close together mm-hmm. the fans are shooting confetti cannons into the road <laughs> yeah. before the race is yeah. over with yeah. they're literally blasting the guys <laughs> mid sprint yeah that with was giant confetti cannons and not just the kind of confetti cannons that they pop off at the finish in a cross race yeah. like the, not, not the could, mvdp confetti you could cannon. barely see from the from the yeah. from the finish line camera shot you could barely see the guys coming through a sea of floating white confetti yeah, and it's all over him after the race. Yeah, it's crazy, absolutely crazy, nuts. And then the podium celebrations are just like thousands of people there. Yeah, I it was it. just phenomenal. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I want to go to this race. By oh, the way, oh god, yeah, like, it, the perfect, perfect, uh, uh, you know, promo video for the the Tour Columbia in 2020 was watching this race this year because you're like, oh, dude, I need to be there. Yeah. Well, I think I think EF uh, did a really good job with their social media. I think they've upped their game on that. And um, you just see Uran Uran sort of at these podiums, sort of take this MC, really, I mean... He's Mick Jagger. Exactly. He's, he's, he is Mick Jagger. He's, he took off his jersey and <laughs> threw it at the crowd, and he feigned taking his bibs off. And just like him taking selfies with the fans and like grabbing their phone to take better angles and um yeah it's it's amazing just to kind of uh to get a glimpse into what that uh environment and that scene is like um yeah. so and the commentary from whoever these guys were that were doing the yeah, commentary passion. very just incredible i mean yeah, like, yeah yeah it was great yeah uh, i mean so much, honestly that last day it's going to be hard for the queen stage of the Tour de France to top that in any way. I don't know how it can, because that was that was just thrilling to watch. It was exciting racing. I, I liked what Kaylee Fretz said on social media that like this is what Grand this is what we want to see in Grand Tour racing. Instead of seeing people, um, you know, racing not to lose, we see people racing to win, and that's what they were doing. They're just like racing to win at all costs. It wasn't it was it wasn't that you know we're just gonna you know, we're all Hold gonna on sit. To and, we're all gonna sit and watch each other well, and be really careful and everything. It was like, no, we're just. I'm gonna attack. Oh no, no, then I'm gonna attack over the top of you, and then I'm gonna attack again, and then this guy's gonna attack. And- well, I mean, maybe that. I mean, obviously, that that comes with it being uh, at, at the status that the Tour of Columbia has, whereas the prestige of the Tour de France means that you really that seventh place GC is a, a big marker on your palmares. Where Tour of Columbia, Tour of Columbia. Early season. Let's see what happens, right? Yeah, throw uh, caution to the wind. I mean, you're right. It was it was just. Uh, I guess everybody's it, everybody's putting out their business card, basically. Like, yeah. look at me. But I tell you what, Sosa looked pretty damn impressive sure in that did. race. That that kid uh, that kid looks looks pretty incredible. So did Bernal. We talked about it at you know road season last year. Some of the Grand Tours. I mean, you know, he had a, he had a couple great couple great rides, and we were asking, you know. Is he the real deal? I think he's the real deal. Yeah, I mean, well, it'd be interesting though if Sky send both of them to the Giro. That'd be that'd be pretty interesting. Uh, then other news related to that: 
Uh, Dave Brailsford was over there uh, talking to the president of Colombia. Of course, Sky are looking for a new sponsor. And a lot of rumors that it may be a conglomeration of Colombian businesses, uh, the National Oil Company. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the title sponsor for Sky next year. Makes a lot of sense. Two really. Colombians on the team. Three yeah. Colombians. Three Colombians on the more, team. Huh? Yeah, they've got uh, Sebastian Hay now on the team as well. And uh, and and look, I mean, that could really do wonders for solidifying the 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 stature stature of Tour of Colombia going forward. Because uh, guys, I mean, we've sort of blasted early season road racing, um, and and we're as recently as a couple weeks ago saying, you know, real road season starts with the spring classics. Um, I'm going to eat a little bit of crow, and I'm going to say yeah. this race was the real deal, and I'm going to be paying attention to this one in the future. Um, really just electric. Exactly as a bike racing fan, I mean, I don't think you can ask for much more than what this race delivered. Well, speaking of not asking for much more, let's move on to the Tour of Oman. <sighs> can we? Do we have to? <laughs> no. Let's not, because, uh, no, no, no. because it's the exact opposite, yeah. isn't it? Well, I, I had a note here that the, the Tour of Columbia is like Cru de Vue, and uh, the Tour of Oman is like that uptown parade that you forgot was even happening. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, it's like just sort of traditional. It's been on the calendar for a while. It's one of these things, big money behind it and all this and that sort of stuff. And then you have these like young upstarts in Colombia that are just partying their asses off. <laughs> yeah, and you think, and I know like... Uh, Looking from social media point of view, everything this last weekend was Tour Colombia. You know, deservedly so. I saw one thing about Tour of Oman, and it was like showing, and the riders are leading off, or, or you know, the, the, they're off the start or whatever. And there was, I, honestly, I've seen the crowd, and this is no, no disrespect, I've, the, the crowd was smaller than there would be at one of our cross races at yeah. the start. Whereas there would have been probably about five hundred thousand people at Tour Colombia just at the, right. the department. But I mean, you know? you had, so it's like right. You what, had all why? the big world tour teams at Tour of Oman. Uh, I think Greg Van Avermaet won a stage. I think I saw. Or, and Christoph, you know. I think, was leading. Yeah, and, you know, hey, but, love those guys. Love to watch them in the Grand Tours. <sighs> yeah, uh, world tour teams. You know, we need them. Uh, but man, they were at the they were at the wrong event, or maybe they were at the right event. And the whole reason that that tour of Columbia was so awesome was because of you know the, the the fact that it wasn't a world tour event. Yeah, and it's also definitely one for the climbers, right? I mean, it wasn't. Uh, I don't think Greg Van Avermaet would have been at that finish on uh, yesterday. No, was there even a sprint stage in the tour of Columbia? Uh, yes, okay. there was, and uh, I think Gaviria was up there and. Hodek. Hodge, Hodge. They spent. They sent Hodge, right? Hodge, yeah. Yep. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so yeah. Tour of Oman. Is it over? Did it? Is it? Is uh, it no, over? I think that's still go. I don't know. Still going. Whatever. On. Who cares? All we care I about now care. is Omloop. Yeah. That's right. We are what we're going to be by the time this podcast is out. We'll be about ten days away from Omloop. Ugh, still ten days. The just first, get the, just get the classics here. The I'm ready. first, the first real weekend of classics racing. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be good. A good double header, right? Uh, Omloop on Saturday and then... Uh, Kern, Brussel, Kern. Kern, Brussel, Kern, yeah. March 2nd. Is there a... Uh, Spring Classics League? Yeah, but that doesn't start till Milan San Remo. Oh, right, of course. So we'll... we'll yeah. uh, All right, we'll fantasy time. Uh, hopefully the fantasy game website is allowed to exist still? Velo Games. Vel wow, com. it's been so long. It's just the tour that they're not allowed to do. Okay, that's yeah. fine. All right, well, 
gentlemen, Matt, do you have some tire tips for us? Mm, you want to do a little tire talk? Let's get into some tire talk. Come on. Let's talk about tires. Baby. Let's talk about FMB. Let's talk about all the good things that gator skin. That make Let's talk about tires. Well, guys, seeing as uh, Saturday I wasn't out riding, I decided I was going to remount uh, my John Bon Jovi's on my new set of hunt wheels that I got. I got a second set of hunt wheels for my uh, for my boon. And so I tried to mount them up and they ju- it just wasn't happening. They just would not air up, you know, with my compressor and everything. Just just wouldn't go up. And I tried and Similar tried. to the issue that I was having with my pan eraser? I think I was at, Well, mine was a different issue. Okay. okay. And the issue was because I'd, I'd had them off the bike for a while because I had my cross tires on there. Yeah. They were... The bead was absolutely caked in sealant, dried up sealant. Uh-huh. So... I peeled off all this and that. I peeled off all the dried up sealant. Okay. Tried to wear them up again. Wasn't working. I put a tube in. I took I took my tubeless Wait, are, valve. Are you out. hearing this, Bodie? I put a tube Wait, in. I add them you, up. He's using a tube. So this is I to fi- mount his tubeless tires. I fi- I figured this out. I put a tube in to air it up because the the thing that it's a double edged sword with the John Bon Jovi's. There are the most exquisitely supple tire which then makes them a little bit difficult to actually mount sure, in the first right, place because right, the, the bead isn't isn't yeah. stiff so I, I got all the sealant off the beads on both sides put it, put them in with a tube added up till the bead actually popped on uh-huh. so like right up to 90 psi and then I gently released the air from the tube and I very carefully Popped off one side right. of the so tire. The other, the other bead locked in. Pulled the tire, pulled the tube out. Put my, put my valve in, my tubeless valve. Aired it up. Boom. Perfect. Hmm. Top tip there. If nice. you're having trouble with a tubeless tire, especially, I mean, it would be hard to do with a road tire, but a bigger, uh, supple tubeless tire like the John Bon Jovi. That's my uh, top tubeless tip for today. So my addition to your top tubeless tip is always carry a tube. Yeah, I mean, I guess, Matt, you're, you're saying tubes are good for something. Tubes are good for something. How about that? <laughs> well, you know what, guys? Um... We have a little section on this podcast called Rate My Pain Cave, and I forgot that we got a submission this week. So I sent you guys a photo on Facebook. Okay. Okay, let me bring up the face tubes. (laughs) Uh, This is a submission from friend of the pod, Zach Thomas. He said, rate my misery grotto. Okay. So is it a grotto because he's got framed artwork surrounding it? It's, uh, don't really think I'd call it a grotto, but... 10 out of 10 on your renaming of the pain cave. Yeah. I, like, I like the name, Misery Grotto. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, just, it's very sort of Shakespearean in, in a way. I'm not sure why why I say that. <laughs> it just strikes me as... He's got his uh, his setup in a very well-lit, uh, a lot of natural light. Looks like a corner of his living room, maybe a dining room. Um, yeah, maybe a, maybe an alcove, sort of an entryway. Is yeah, he's, entryway? He's, got his, he's got his bike facing a wall, though. 
Uh-huh. Uh, on it that could be wall, an agony alcove. An Maybe agony that would alcove. be a- That's pretty good. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, he's facing a wall, and on that wall is a giant photo of himself. Wait, what? Hang on. <laughs> I gotta look at this. Cl- it's not coming yeah, up. On is my that? Computer. Did you take that photo, Bodie? No, Rhea Aldridge took Rhea that Aldridge, photo. Okay. Yeah, great shot from uh, 2014. So, yeah. Oh uh, wow. That's from the. Uh, that's from the classic. 20, the 2015. Epic, yeah, that's the uh, the ant flotilla uh, cross race at Berman Park. DSGP number one. Where he won. This is the race he won. 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 The most infamous. So, uh, yeah, I guess that's good to be inspired by yourself. Mm. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him points for having a Rhea Aldridge original on his wall. But I'm gonna take all of those points and a couple extra off because it's a photo of him. So should he have a photo of like me? No, he should have a photo of like Sven Nice. Okay. Yeah. All Mm. right. All right. Well, uh, I'm going to give him a point for the, uh, the the detail of a Piero della Francesca that he yeah, has to the right of him, yeah. which is very classy. Uh, <laughs> I believe that's one of the uh, the, the, the uh, Medici family. Is that right? No, uh, I think that's from the Flagellation of Christ. Uh, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, uh, uh, which yes, also it's a pain cave <laughs> metaphor. <laughs> well, he should have he should have the whole Christ being flagellated. Uh, that would be. Uh, up there as well. Not that he would be referencing himself in terms of being the Christ. Well, uh, you get inspired by the. By looks like he has a bunch of. He, looks like he has a pile of hotel towels, uh, folded towels. Folded That's important. Towels. We, you know, we we we've we've never really talked about the need for uh, perspiration management in your pain cave. <laughs> yeah, it's very important. Well, he's got a fan. Yeah, directed it up at his face. Uh, he has one fat. Okay, so he's obviously training for crosswinds there. <laughs> Because the fan is off to the side <laughs> yeah. of him. I think I have yeah. the same model. I have two of those. Though. Well, I, he might, maybe he's training for, for Omloop. It, uh, it has that long stretch where the uh, North Sea is sort of on your right-hand shoulder and the winds are coming off. Maybe. So that's the that's the, the cross headwind he's training for right there. Yep, yep, that's uh, good. Zach's a short guy, so of course he has a phone book under his front wheel. <laughs> that way he can still see his uh, laptop, his whiff screen. On his movable desk, which is that's a desk that goes up and down. That's pretty smart. Yeah. yeah, it's probably cheaper than my Wahoo desk. And that's about the only use for an actual phone book these days, isn't it? True. Yeah. Also, so, maybe all that that could be like the uh, Shimano uh, like pedal repair guide. Mm. What you don't have to repair <laughs> Shimano pedals? <laughs> so, so, oh no, he rides uh, he rides uh, candy pedals. Oh, then definitely. That would be the guide for that, yeah. <laughs> uh, so how are we rating this um, Misery Grotto? Well, it's it's very functional. Uh, it's it's compact. It is in his house, but it's in his it, it, it's in there in a way that, that his wife probably doesn't object to too terribly, right? It, it it's it's well it's well put together. I'll check uh, at work with her tomorrow. Yeah, I yeah. Uh, I'm gonna give it uh, ten out of ten issues of Architectural Digest. <laughs> uh, well, uh, hmm, I'm I'm gonna give it. Uh, uh, ooh, let's see, I'm gonna give it. Um, all right, well, I'll give it 10 out of 10 flagellations of Christ. Damn it, that was mine. Uh, I will... Hurry up. I will give it... Um, Next time. Yes, I will give it... I'll give it one agony and one ecstasy. Oh, nice. Very yeah. good, Matt. I like it. 
Thanks for sending that our way, uh, Zach. Um, doing some training, getting ready for all sorts of things coming up on the Lambert calendar. This weekend uh, in Bentonia, Mississippi, we had the last stop of the Mississippi Gravel Cup. Townsend, you're going to go. I'm thinking about going, and if I can make it, i got some work things. Yeah, I've actually, I hate to say this, and I shouldn't Uh-oh. announce it on the podcast. I, I've changed from a uh, definitely going to go to thinking about going. Um, it's supposed to rain all week, and it's supposed to rain and be real windy on Saturday as we speak, uh, which is a recipe for shitty mud and uh, a painful 50 miles through peanut butter rubbing your chain stays is what you're saying yeah Mm. yeah yes you need a gravel bike now that's right (laughs) maybe i can borrow rusty's (laughs) you should try you should try a lauf um also coming up in march 17th is the mountain bike race at mountain zion that semi tough is putting on uh, yeah with uh with nomambo and east bank cyclery that's the uh nomambo's run to the hills Mm. Uh, we we learned that's right. Cue yes. the Iron Maiden. Yeah. We um uh, again we're we're but there's uh, no running though, right? Uh, Just to make sure. I I don't know. Maybe, Is it, oh maybe it's actually a foot race. Uh, no, Did they, you read the fine print? I yeah I wrote the fine print. In <laughs> fact, uh, actually I didn't write the fine print, but uh, did read it. Uh, I copied it, cut and paste the fine print. Uh, the uh, no the run to the hills is a run from. New Orleans, where Nomambo is, mm. up to Mount Zion, right. where they're having the race. Where they actually have because some hills. couldn't do the race here in New Orleans, and no one in Mount Zion was able to do the race up there. So we put it all together, and we made two plus two equal four. Great. So we're going to go up there and put on a race. And yeah, I'm pretty stoked. Um, you know, as Bodie, we, we, we led off with this this weekend. We went out and did the time trial at the mountain bike trails and kind of got chatting with uh, with some of those guys and i don't know i'm pretty stoked about just riding bikes and i think it's really cool that there are lots of people that ride mountain bikes and it's a it's a scene i've never really gotten into that much but i'm starting to try to learn a little something about it uh, i've i've pledged to ride a mountain bike this year and um i don't know i'm just uh, i'm 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 cool with 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 that whole thing, and really looking forward to to putting this to putting this race on. Now, is Eric setting you up with a bike to use for that? He is, and I'm going to I'm going to race. Nice. So, are you going uh, full squish or hardtail, stiff all the way? Uh, you know, I got to be honest with you. I don't know what kind of bike I'm going to have, um, but uh, I assume full squish is uh, front and rear suspension. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think that no full squish is uh, tubular on the back and front a fork, squishy thing. Okay, tubular. I don't. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Uh, um, yeah. Sounds like we both need to brush up on our mountain bike. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Right? Um, but and then after that, we have the Boss Circuit Race. Uh, that's March twenty fourth, I believe. Yeah, we just learned today that there may be a March tenth prequel to that race as and and part of a two race local gravel series yeah we, we the same location or no at the 40 yard pent canal so there's going to be an east bank and a west bank uh component to this uh boss gravel circuit series so right. we successfully shamed our friend kurt into not promoting a cross race in march because cross is officially over next weekend That's right it's not seasonally appropriate no. yeah 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 
and so he's going to put on a short track gravel fondo race. Mm-hmm. Um, nice. And that was great fun last time. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Down there. They've yep. all been fun. Love so, and then, and then we have the Caddo Velo Classic March 30th up in Shreveport. Yeah. Giant purses. Matt, have you told Thomas Gibbons about Wait, the 10th? Giant purses. That's the Knicks parade. Which is uh, coming up? <laughs> That's decorative purses. <laughs> That's next Wednesday. Giant purses okay. is what we're talking All about right. here. But have you told Thomas about the Catavello ten thousand uh, dollars purse in the pro men's and women's? Wow! What Get- ten thousand dollars for the winner? Well, overall, overall to like fifteen. I mean, that's ton I, of money. I yeah. think it's fifteen hundred bucks or something to the winner of that race. Nice. Yeah. All so right. we should let Thomas. Uh, it, know it's about more that. money than he won this weekend. But and he won quite a bit of money this weekend, right? Yeah, we did see uh, he won two races. And our question amongst ourselves, we didn't we didn't reach out to Thomas, but we were like, how does a cat one do two win two races at one event on one day? Because usually, if you're a cat one, there's only one race for you. And Thomas, unless you're you know a secret master, um, what else could you do? We looked up the flyer. Um, we learned that you there was your your race your category race you do and so Thomas won the one two three race mm-hmm. and all the winners of all the other races all got thrown into the thing they called the Australian crit which is essentially a, a missing out crit yeah so I like that idea and of, he won that one as well and he won that as well yeah. I like the idea that you take the top seeded riders from earlier races and then throw them into a finals race. I mean, at Athens, they do the amateur finals before the men and women pro races. Mm-hmm. Kind of a fun idea. Maybe something will bring. So do they to, take uh, like maybe like the top five from each race, or yeah, something like know. that. Something yeah. like that. So yeah, well, obviously, you know, he's on an early season tear right now. Uh, another winning weekend for Thomas. So uh, we look forward to seeing him at some of the the bigger events coming up uh sunny king and uh athens twilight and all that good stuff yeah maybe the Cato velo classic and we'll uh, catch up with him later in the season so yeah a lot of fun stuff happening um i think the state of racing at least in our region is pretty good I mean, not all of it is sanctioned but there are a lot of folks out there who are excited about bikes excited about going fast on bikes and having fun and trying to find a way to do it in cool competitive ways yeah so yeah big ups to everybody out there making stuff happen um i think that's about it guys i think that's uh it for the show get out of here before everybody gets too bored uh towns you want to sign us off sure i'll start this is t-bone saying uh bodie and i have some exciting plans up our sleeve and we'll be rolling up our sleeves and exposing those plans to you guys uh, (laughs) somewhere in the next week or so so pay attention and this is El Caballero Inglés saying, <laughs> guys, we're only about 10 days away from Omloop Het Newsblad. And this is the Bodie Buddy saying, once again, uh, send any questions, comments, or concerns to yayuride at gmail. Uh, find us on iTunes, download the show, leave us a rating, leave us a review, check out our Instagram page. Um, and yeah, that's all it. That's all I have. Um, Till next time.
al podcast Yayu Ride.